NHL teammates for 13 seasons. Now back together as on-air teammates. You are listening to the Cass and Juice podcast. Hockey, life, and other stuff. Here are your hosts, Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa. Hey guys, welcome episode four, Kess and Juice podcast. I'm Kevin Bieksa, day after Christmas here recording. With me as usual is the 2004 World Junior Championship gold medalist, Ryan Kessler. Kess, do you remember that tournament? I do, yeah. Great tournament. We're down 3-1 and uh, pull it off in the end. Um, How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good. Day after Christmas here. I got next door neighbors working uh, on their house. So there's construction going on 730 in the morning on Boxing Day, even though you guys don't celebrate Boxing Boxing Day. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't. uh, We don't celebrate Boxing Day. Our big day is Black Friday. So yeah, but Boxing Day is is still an extension of Christmas, in my opinion. Like in Canada, we would probably be outside in the snow, like shovel the driveways, make boards out of the snow and, and play road hockey and in the garage and the driveway Unreal. body check-in that's that's boxing day memories for me yeah anyways um, i just got invited over by my neighbors to have uh, a p- pajama party all day today so uh <laughs> i uh i politely declined the in- invitation <laughs> i can picture the pajamas that you would s- you would select for that party probably something uh, with a thong um more uh borat speedo i think Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> All right. We got a pretty good show today. We have, obviously, it's the Christmas season. So in Canada, that's World Junior Championship season. Uh, Canada plays U.S. today, actually pretty soon, in the Czech Republic. First game of the tournament. Huge, huge game. You got some experience in that game for sure. Uh, we'll talk a little bit yeah, more about for sure. that. We got, that sounds uh, good to me. Something you don't know probably much about is the Spangler Cup, and a lot of people don't. But in Canada, again, it's another tournament that's on uh, over the Christmas holidays, usually the 26th until the 31st. And that's uh, Canada has a national team that they enter every year. The U.S. used to have a national team they entered, um, and then for whatever reason they stopped. But I played in that last year over Christmas. It's a really cool tournament. So maybe educate the fans a little bit more about that because it doesn't get a ton of coverage because the world juniors dominates, but it's a, it's a cool tournament. I don't know if you've heard much about it before. Yeah. You know, it's, it's usually on, on in the locker rooms when, uh, when the boys are getting ready in the morning. So it's, it's a fun tournament to follow. And then we got 2019 wrapping up here. So that's a decade. That's a quick decade. So we'll, we'll maybe discuss our favorite moments over the last 10 years. It's been a good one. It's been a lot of transition for both of us, and uh, we both got some pretty good memories. Yeah, started off the decade with a bang and, and finished just declining. <laughs> <laughs> just a steady decline. <laughs> well, hopefully it goes back on the uh, incline again, yeah, right? That's, 2020, that's, yeah. and then we climb. 2020. And then we climb it's all the, the way up. Uh, what is it called? The, the year of... Uh, I don't even know. It's called the I Big Dipper. Uh, it's called the Big Dip. <laughs> Something about like you're supposed to uh, dump all your uh, negative energy and, and 2020 is your, your start back up here. So 2019 is almost like rock bottom. And then we climb yeah. from there. We swim yeah, our way out. Exactly. All right. And then we'll talk. Uh, we got a couple of Christmas stories over the holidays, a couple last week. And you had your big Christmas back in Michigan. I, I can't imagine the stuff. You had all your family over? 
Yeah, for first time in 20 years, I've had like a real Christmas. So, um, you know, for my kids to to, to enjoy it and um, experience it for the first time, there are a couple good stories we'll tell you later about. And then we'll mix in uh, video reviews real quickly. Just kind of your opinion, my opinion on this. It's uh, it seems to be a moving target, and it definitely slows down the game. And I'm not even sure if they get it right most of the time. It's it's a tough tough call though when you have these different cameras at different angles. Now you have to assume if it crossed the line or not. So, kind of share our quick opinion on that. Yeah, I have my thoughts on that too. It gets beaten up a lot, I'm sure, and everyone has their own opinions. But just from maybe from the player's perspective, we'll give them a quick uh, quick little three four minute or about what we think. Mm-hmm. Sound good. And then we got Patrick Eves joining us today. He's he actually lives only like two miles away from me right now. He is probably the nicest guy in hockey. Would you agree? By far. By far the nicest guy. Like too nice. Uh, almost too nice that you think, you know, you know when you meet those people who they're they're super nice and, and you almost think they're being fake, but there's nothing fake about Patty. He's just that way, super positive, just a great human. Patty's not fake. But there's no, no, not at all. Who's real? Who's not? <laughs> he uh, he was your teammate, and you guys played together as kids. But he was your teammate in the 2004 World Junior Championships. Yeah. I just mentioned mm-hmm. there. So you guys maybe walk us through that that big gold medal for probably the last one, and yeah, probably the last one the US will ever win, right? <laughs> Whatever you say, big guy. Okay, stay we tuned. Should probably put a bet on that. No, let's do it. You got a ten year ten year window. Hundred dollar bet, you get a ten year window. Okay. I'll take that bet. Good. You guys all we'll be back in two thousand thirty. <laughs> when we'll be declining again. <laughs> Just a big bell curve these decades. All right, Cass. World Junior starts today. We got Canada versus US right out of the gate. Probably the biggest rivalry in, in international hockey right now. So you got some experience with this game. It's the game that's not that it doesn't matter, but it's not the game where sudden death is on the line and you can be eliminated. So it's the first game of the tournament. Though. Everybody wants to get off to a good start. How was this game for you? Did you guys play Canada early in 2004? Uh, no, we do not. But in the Olympics, we did um, in 2010. And, um, you know, we, we beat them and it was a huge game for us. It kind of gave us a lot of confidence going into the uh, medal round, knowing that we could compete and, and beat the, the top team in the tournament. Well, bring this back actually first. In, in Canada growing up for me, after, uh, you know, Christmas and you open your gifts and everything, sometimes there'd be a game on the 25th or if not the 26th, depending on where the tournament is. We, we would usually have the game on when I went to my grandparents and for the second part of Christmas and we would watch usually the, the game and then we'd go outside and we'd play, you know, road hockey in the snow or whatever. Do you guys have that? What did you have in the state? Did you guys even watch the World Juniors? Or was it not to on? be honest, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really a big thing when I grew up. I knew when I played in it. Um, this is 2003 my like andrea and my whole family had to drive across to windsor and find it in a bar in windsor and they're with a bunch of canadian fans in windsor and, and yeah it is a it's a big thing in canada and you know i think you know with the ease of access to television now i think it's it's getting bigger in the states but back then you couldn't even get it on tv 
Is that the first one that the U.S. won that you were in? Yes, that was the first one. So we were the first one to go gold, gold, gold. U.S. under 17, under 18 tournament and World Juniors. And we were the first one to win World, world Juniors. So that so basically they'll probably make a movie out of it and call it Miracle 2, right? Because that's what happens when the U.S. wins an international tournament hockey. They call it they make they say it's a miracle and they make a movie out of it. But if Canada wins, it's just another year. Well, right? I got no comment. I'll just I know. get myself into trouble. <laughs> Can you believe that you guys won the Olympics <laughs> one year and they call it a miracle? They call it a legit miracle. Well, you know, to be honest. <laughs> like, there's no way you should have won that tournament. You know why it was a miracle, right? Like, do you not know the backstory? It's I know the backstory. Because they beat the Russians, and the I Russians know. were stacked. They it's because everybody hated – everyone hated Herb Brooks, and they came together and bonded and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, it was all a big deal for the U.S. It was a huge deal. All college hockey players on that team too, right? Figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All college hockey players. So we'll talk maybe more a little bit later with Patty Eves about kind of the specifics of your tournament. Cause it was a pretty, I read a little bit about it cause I didn't know a whole lot, nor did I care too much about that world juniors, but I read about it and that was the team. Cause in Canada, it's pretty widely considered the 2005 Canadian world junior team was, was the greatest one ever assembled. That's what a lot of people believe. So this was the year before that, and there was still a lot of those guys on the team. There was, you know, Crosby, Phaneuf, Getzla. Yeah. Uh, Perry, Carter, Richards. Yeah, I'm not sure if Perry was on that year. I think oh, Richard yeah, Perry, was. Perry wasn't. That's right. Yeah. So, But, but it, they, they had most – yeah, they were stacked. They had uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I believe, was in net. So they had a lot of good players. You guys had good players too, but that was kind of the beginning of their, you know, building their great team that they had in 2005. Cool. They just ran the table. It's tough because the majority of the U.S. team is, is usually together during the under-17, under-18 years. And we go to those tournaments, and, and to be honest, they're pretty successful because of that because you think it's tough to you know find, find a team that just gels instantly together where with the U.S. team, they've been playing together for three, two, three years, and, and then you go to the World Juniors and – you're kind of already used to playing with some of the guys and, and you know them and there's that familiar, familiar with the, uh, with playing with guys. So for me, it's, it's an advantage for sure. And then Patty, Patty's dad was your coach, wasn't he? Yeah. One of my best coaches I've ever had. He, you know, some coaches coach and some coaches just kind of stand up there and, and act like they know it all. Um, and expect us to know it all as well. And he he just taught us all the little things, how to block shots, where to put your stick in the lane, where, to be honest, a lot of coaches don't coach like that nowadays. It's tough when you coach these short tournaments. If you don't, if you're not a guy that's been around these players a lot, it's a, it's a really short tournament to be like coaching. So you're basically a, like you're managing the bench. I think that's like the biggest skill that you can have as a coach in these terms, managing the bench, managing your players, making sure everyone feels good about themselves, their game and getting the most out of them. Yeah. Right. And, and just putting a system in place that, that gets the most out of your group. Um, you know, because obviously there's different ways to play and, and it's, it's not exactly how, how the coach wants the team to play, but it's how the coach wants or how the coach wants the team to play within the system. Where was your tournament in? 
Helsinki, Finland. That's how was that? Won. How was that? It was good. We uh, we lost we lost bronze in uh, Nova Scotia the year before, but Helsinki was unbelievable. We uh, well, <laughs> I I almost lost my eye. <laughs> that was a good story. Um, what happened there? Uh, we were playing check, and and this guy just. You know, I was staying at the red line. This guy goes to lift my stick and goes under my visor and, and cuts me for like 60-something stitches around my eye. How did he not hit your nose? Yeah, exactly, right? He completely <laughs> missed my nose, gets it stuck in there, then tries to yank it out. I just remember blood squirting on my visor. Then I had to go to like a, uh, a Finnish hospital. And, and at that time, we were in a small Finnish city. And we walked into this hospital and there, we walked in the room, there was a steel bench. And the only thing above me was like a string with a light bulb on it. It was super dark, sutured. And the U.S. doctor, Mark Stewart, he, he was like, you know what? We're not doing our, our uh, we're not doing the operation. We're not sewing you up here. And we had to drive like two and a half hours to Helsinki where I'm still fully geared up. The translator just in this tiny dinghy car gets us there, and, and the lady did an amazing job. And you know, I didn't lose my eye, so there's that. That's crazy. Okay, let's move this on to the Spangler because we could talk about, uh, like I said, we'll talk about the World Juniors with Patty, and you guys can relive some of your history when you guys were both on top of the world. But uh, the Spangler is is most people don't know it's the oldest invitational ice hockey tournament in the world started back in 1923 it's in davos or davos they say it both ways i'm not sure which i call it davos switzerland so basically you fly into zurich or the guys that play in the swiss league over there drive in and it's about a two-hour drive in like right into the mountains and so it's like this picturesque beautiful small town in switzerland and there's one rink there and that's where all the games are and then outside of the main rink there's right across there's a practice facility and then outside there is a big, huge outdoor rink, which would be probably the size of like, like the Trump one, probably in New York City, right? In Central Park. It's like three rinks, you know, and it's oh, really? That's nice. mountains everywhere. So like you come in, usually on the 23rd, some guys that play in the Swiss League have games still on the 22nd. So most guys get in the 23rd, 24th to practice. And then on Christmas Day, you'll have a team practice. And then they'll name captains and assistants. And then after practice, you'll go outside and all your family, everyone brings family in because it's over the holidays. So you'll bring your wife, your kids, your parents or whatever. And everyone gets Canada jerseys and you all just skate around outside and do a big team picture. And it's a really, really cool experience. Right? Yeah. Sounds like they do it right. So like it's, yeah, because it's, it's an experience, right? Because obviously if you're over the holidays and these guys aren't NHL guys, a lot of the guys that go there are, are journeyman that been just kind of plugging around in the AHL East coast league, then come over to Europe and some of them make really, really good money. But for the most part, guys are, you know, they're working, they're working for their paycheck. So mm-hmm. Canada treats them well and brings all their, their family over. So last year we go over and not really knowing what to expect, but I bring Katie and the kids and we're expecting to have a fun holiday at, at the, at the least. Right. So mm-hmm. it's snowing, it's beautiful, it's, you know, it's around 30, 30 degrees, so, or zero Celsius, minus one. So it's very, very comfortable. You walk to the rink from the hotel, and it's probably about a 10 to 15 minute walk through the town, but it's snowing and picturesque and just amazing, right? So that's what you do every day. So you play the 26, usually against the host team, which is Davos. And if you win, you get the next day off. And if you lose, you have to play the next day. 
So talk about incentive right out of the gate, right? So right out of the gate, everybody wants to win that first game because the next day is going to be a full day off because you've been skating up every day, probably leading up to it. And then you can go up in the mountains. Some guys can ski. Remember, you played with Daniel Winnick, right? Yeah. Uh, no, never played with him. You missed him in Anaheim? Yeah, I missed him. He left the, the, the year before I came. Well, this guy goes parachuting off the mountain on the day off because we went up with our, the like three gondolas to get to the very top. We're like <laughs> at the top of the world. And then we see this guy, he's, he parachutes off the mountain. And then it's like a 25 minute, like to get down to the ground. 25 minutes in the air. Oh, like it's, you go, it's like a big Valley. So you go across, like you float across to the other side where the other mountains are. And then you just flow kind of back and forth slowly until you get to the bottom. Like it's, Did it's you join them or, or no. Are you kidding me? No chance. Yeah. But you should see the takeoff. The takeoff is, it, it's, keep in mind, this is Switzerland, right? This isn't the U.S. or Canada. Like, there's, no, there's no insurance policies or anything. It's just kind of like shake hands and verbal agreement. So, like, he, he probably just <laughs> shook the guy's hand and was like, okay. Uh, and the guy goes with you, right, on your back or whatever. So he probably shook his hand and was like, all right, deal. We're going to, whatever it costs, and we're going to do this. And like, yeah, yeah. So the guy, they do a running start off the side of the mountain. So they do a running start. And, but then as soon as you like get airborne, as soon as you get off the ground, you have to make a 90 degree left turn. So you don't hit the ski post on the chairlift. <laughs> like it, it's unbelievable. Like you would never see this in the U S right. Cause it would be just no. a, like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, apparently people run into the post all the time and like, <laughs> or, or the, or the parachute gets clipped by like the wire hanging from the chairlift. And then they just like stumble down the hill. So this is, this is what happens over there. Jesus. So anyways, you play in the tournament and Canada is always expected to win. And then, uh, and then they treat you well, right? They have Christmas dinners. And I would say you've been at the world championships and the Olympics. I would say the accommodations and everything's just a little like step below, like a half a step below. Yeah. But still you're treated well, right? Yeah. You're, they still fly over your, your family and everything and they treat you well. And they put you That's the same thing with the U S I mean, it's not the Olympics and it's probably not, you know, world juniors, but like world championships, they still treat you well. Yeah, so it's a, it's a cool tournament. So those two pretty cool tournaments around, around the holidays for sure. Okay. So I'm playing this, the first game, uh, you know, when I get the call from Sean Burke to represent Canada, just like you, you probably, when you get the call right away, there's, you feel like a sense of pride and you're anytime you can represent your country and play for, you know, USA or Canada and put that jersey on is unbelievable experience. So you very rarely do you say no to that. But I get, uh, you know, from the time I get the call from Sean Burke to my first game is probably a month. And I wasn't skating a ton before that. So I start skating every day, put a lot into it, play my first game. This when you're playing skating with Larry Barron? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so, a lot of stories. He so said I'm, you look terrible your first skate. <laughs> oh, because I had... So I'm on the golf course, right? I'm playing at Pelican Hill here, and I get the call from Sean Burke, and he's like, "Do you want to do you want to play on the Spangler this year?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, like I think I do for sure." And he goes, "I go, who's on the team?" I've like, if you, and he goes, "Well, you're you're the only one so far. I, you're the first call." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> so yeah, I guess my answer is yes. Yeah. So hang up with him, and I'm golfing with my good buddy, and I'm like, "I got to get on the ice. Like I haven't skated in like a month." So right away I call a guy 
and he, he skates my buddy's son and I call him and I'm like, can I get on the ice today? So I leave the golf course and I go set up a skate with this guy. This is kind of a funny story. And I step, I'm in your Belinda. I don't know if you've ever been there. You yeah, probably- yeah. yeah. I've been there plenty of times. So I, so I meet, say I have to meet him at one o'clock. So I get there at like 12 o'clock. I'm in the dress room. I get dressed, get all my stuff on, get onto the ice early. Still haven't seen this guy. Get on the ice after the Zamboni's off, dump the pucks all over, start kind of skating around and warming up. He comes over. He's like this little redheaded Irish guy, right? And he comes over with this beer and he goes, hey, you can't, uh, we can't use pucks. And I go, what? And I'm thinking that I rented the ice for an hour with this guy, right? And I'm going to pay him on top of that. He goes, you can't use pucks. I go, why? He goes, we just, we're not allowed. I'm like, weird. So anyways, whatever. We can just, it's my first session. I can skate takes the pucks off and I'm skating with him. And then a lady comes and bangs on the glass and says, I can't have my stick in my hands. I'm like, what? So you're not allowed to have a stick in your hand either. So I'm like, this is really bizarre. So, but I'm not second guessing it much. I'm just, you know, I'm focused first skate. All of a sudden all these little kids start coming on the ice. And like these little girls, like they're just learning how to skate and little boys. And I figure out it's freaking public skating. It's a pub, a normal public skating. And then this guy just has me in the one, and doing like uh, figure eights around cones while these kids are public skating around. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and he goes, Oh, I, you wanted to get on the ice quickly. And this is, this is what I do. And I'm like, Oh my God. So then he puts the parachute on me at the end and I'm parachuting sprints from one end to the other. And I'm weaving in and out of like public skaters. So I that's my video I probably shouldn't tell you that, but I got a video of, of <laughs> No you don't you're on you're on all fours just almost ready to chuck. <laughs> so then I start skating with Larry Barron, who's the duck skill coach, who's awesome, and he puts me through the ringer. So anyways, fast forward to the first game I play. Like I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go here. And uh there's not a lot of hitting over there, as you know. A lot of times you hit somebody and you get a penalty yeah. even if it's a clean hit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this guy comes in over and they do so many, the forwards will do so many crisscrosses because the ice is so wide. They'll do so much delays and crisscrosses and take back speed. So this one guy's delaying, delaying, and then I know he's going to crisscross and I just step up and absolutely pop him, right? <laughs> crowd crowd awesome. kind of goes nuts. I come back to the Ooh. bench. Yeah, boys are like <laughs> loving it. Come down and after the game, I'm walking back with a teammate and he says, you know that guy you hit is, is like the Wayne Gretzky of Switzerland, right? <laughs> I go what he goes yeah like he's been over here for 15 years he's got every scoring record like he's like an untouchable like nobody even tries to hit the guy and I go well tell him First to get his heads up knock him out <laughs> not the Wayne Gretzky if he's got his head down coming through the uh, neutral zone welcome to the NHL kid <laughs> what, a, what a loser eh <laughs> so you're go back to your game because uh, it just reminded me, you're so you scored a big goal late in the game, right? Yeah, it was the uh, it was a tying goal. I did the old Lambo leap into the glass after whatever you call it. I body splashed myself into the glass. It wasn't the greatest goal. I kind of just chopped at it and did this big arc over Flurry's head and like just trickled into the back of the net. Celebrated like I went through the whole team and shelved it bar down, but um, it was a big goal for our team. And then. Our winning goal, Flurry actually shot it off his his own defender or Patrick O'Sullivan. Oh yeah, went, I think I remember that. Net. Yeah, so that and I think Flurry did it the next week. Like, 
in another game and it was like this huge deal but so far ago I can't can't really recall but that was a that was a huge game because we were down 3-1 going into the third and you know the locker room was quiet you know like back then we knew how good that team was um I don't think you, you realize until years later really how good that team was I mean that that team had a lot of superstars on it and we just we we're a team that played together and we knew how to play we you know quote-unquote the right way and and I wouldn't call it luck, but we uh, we grinded it out and got some dirty goals to win that game. It wins a win. It's a miracle. Right? Miracle. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, video review goals. Okay. And what's what's your opinion on this, watching it? Well, I've been watching some hockey, and, and you know, I watch the Ducks a lot. I watch the Canucks a lot. And, you know, if there's a uh, – a couple of good teams playing against each other. I'll, I'll tune in. Um, every single time I get it wrong. Uh, when the coaches challenge and it's whether, you know, for example, I think there was one in the Islanders ducks game the other night. And I think Shore got pushed into the net and, and then he put his stick through the goalie's pad. You know, I thought it wasn't going to count. They counted it. So it's to the point where, I think it's tough on coaches and it's, I mean, it's tough on the referees and and we can beat this to death, but I know the OHL does auto goal reviews, so they look for everything. And to be honest, I think personally, I think the NHL should go to that. Um, Take it out of the coaching hand, do a quick review after every goal and then just start it up. If it's no goal, the ref skates over, they'll tell them no goal and then you replay it and, you know, game on. But for whatever reason, the NHL still has this coach's challenge, which is to me, it's kind of gimmicky. So two of like the big complaints are uh, that it slows the game down, first of all, right? So there's like a 10 minute delay. And yeah, then exactly. the second is, and Torch said this the other day, is they don't even get it right most of the time. So they slow it down, they do the review. And then a couple days later, when there's, you know, everyone's kind of looking at all the different angles and talking about it, they figure out that it wasn't even the right call. So, like, I'll tell you what, when I'm doing the Hockey Night in Canada panel in Toronto, what happens in between the games before we go on air is we're, we're sitting around and we're watching, like, all the games at once. So there's, like, 12 screens and, and we're kind of all taking notes and watching the game and talking. And whenever there's a video review, we start, usually, like, Berkey or somebody like that will say, oh, I think it's this. And then we'll have, like, a little mini debate and we'll take sides and we'll see who can get the call right. Like it's a goal. I think they're going to hold it up. I think they're going to reverse it. And it's always pretty, pretty close to split. Half the guys are like, it's going to, they're going to hold it up. The other half, they're like, nobody really knows. And these are, these are the experts of the game. These are the guys that watch every game every night. Well, at least every Saturday night and know a lot about hockey and they can't even get it right. Like they don't even know what the referees are going to call. Yeah. It's a, it's a big gray area. Um, to the point, do you allow everything that crosses the goal line? And and for me, I, I don't understand why they don't have chips in the puck. And every time it just crosses the goal line, doesn't matter if the goalie's covering or not. If the puck crosses the goal line, the, the red light should come on. And that's okay. that's, a, that's okay. I mean, it's 2020 almost. We're we're almost on the upswing. We're on the decline right now. But as soon as 2020 hits, we're going to be going north. That's that's a suggestion for the competition committee that you and I should probably be on now. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, 
story. Uh, I remember when we were in Edmonton and we had a goal review. Perron was on the team and he scored like a big power play goal and they were reviewing it. It took like literally 15 minutes to the point where I skated up to the ref and I'm like, listen, we're flying to Vancouver after the game. The whole team's going to the bar. We need to speed this up. I don't give a shit if it's a goal or not. Like, let's just go. <laughs> and he's laughing. And <laughs> we go we go back, and they start the game. It was a goal. And then they stop the game, and they're like, oh, we got to – we got to rewind the clock to the correct time. And then now it's another 10 minute de- delay. And all the boys are like, are you kidding me? Let's get this thing over with. I just remember after that goal, nobody even cared that we had it counted. <laughs> Guys right. like, who, ca- who cares? So like drop the puck. It was to the point where the, everybody on the ice started skating around. And then we get to Vancouver and we got the two limos out front. <laughs> oh, that was a, that was the night. That was fun. Yeah, so topic three. <laughs> 2010, 2020 coming to an end. That's 10 years. That's a quick 10 years. Let's talk about uh, just a couple of highlights for, for both of us. You go first. You know, um, 2010 um, Olympics was one of them. You know, I took the, the gold medal game loss pretty hard, but, you know, looking back on it almost 10 years later, it's uh, probably one of my proudest achievements in hockey to, you know, have a silver medal and, you know, to take Canada to overtime. It could have went either way. It's a miracle uh, that you guys got a silver. No, no. If, okay. <laughs> if you guys remember, um, we weren't supposed to do anything that tournament. We were, we were picked to go like fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere around there. And we actually came and played. We beat Finland like seven to one in the semis and just – kill them to to get to the gold medal game and then i think one one for both of us moving on i think 2011 playoff one tops the list um that was a lot of fun that whole you know those two three years um you know and then winning the selkies probably another one um i pride myself on my defensive game and, and that's a uh that's a big one for me as well What's my what's my chirp to you whenever somebody says talks about you winning the Selkie? That I was first runner up five other times. No, no. I said, Oh, Kess Kess won the Selkie for best defensive forward in the league, but he had to have forty one goals to win it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a joke. It's like the cats the catch twenty two, right? Yo, you're the yeah. best defensive four, but you if you don't have good offensive numbers, you don't win it. Yeah, another thing, I don't know how you win the Selkie and the Lady Bing in the same year. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so you're how good defensively are you if you're soft? Right. You can't be. Who did that? Kopita. That really? was two years ago, three years ago. I wouldn't say Kopitar's soft. He's uh he protects the puck. He's he plays yeah, hard. I, yeah, he plays hard. I don't know how you win the lady bing though. Just gets no penalties, maybe. <laughs> Just a nice guy out there. Jeez. My uh, so 2011, the Stanley Cup run was a was a big one that I still yeah. same same thing. I, you just said that, and it kind of resonated with me. Is at the time, it's the most painful loss, but looking back, it's something that you're like super proud of, and and one of my biggest achievements. That I just feel like it started off really good, and uh, we were up three nothing against Chicago, and then somehow we're in Game Seven of overtime, like in a blink of an eye, and then we just 
remember scoring that burst scores that goal and it was just the biggest relief. That was probably the most excited I've ever been after a goal in my life. Like yeah, any, I can agree with that. Right. Cause that, that saved all of us. We probably were all getting traded. They're going to blow the team up. Cause that would have been the third year in a row. We lost to Chicago when we thought at times we were definitely the better team. And then we go on, you basically win the Nashville series for us. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, you can't show you that. <laughs> I've heard that one before, actually from your wife. Yeah, probably. How many I, I always say have? to Andrea, I go, Andrea, if, if Ryan basically won the Nashville series for us, then I won the San Jose series for us. Well, 100%. <laughs> Look at that. No, but it was obviously we had a we had a really good team, and then losing in in set, game seven in Boston, like that was the worst loss ever. Losing at home, four nothing, right? Yeah, it's we still, didn't play. Uh, it still hurts, but I watched, I watched some of the game. It was on TV probably three four months ago, and and just rewatching that game a little bit here and there, you you, for, you forget some of the goals that were scored, and it just. Uh, yeah, brings back bad memories. But we, uh, looking back on on that entire two months, it's it's been unbelievable. Yeah, I haven't seen the game uh, ever, but I saw I've seen some of the highlights of the goals, and I know you're talking about <laughs> first goal off the faceoff. Bergeron's, yeah. right? just yeah, just one timer on the ice goal. Oh well. Stuff happens, right? Goalies can't. Yeah, Lou, Lou played. Lou played unbelievable. That whole we wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for Lou. Oh, Lou, yeah, he played. Uh, you know, he's he won us plenty of games that playoff run. Um, but that that last game hurts. Jesus. And then, yeah. so then, talking about bad memories, good memories that turn to bad. So then, I go to the World Championships and. I think I told you this before. We start off um, the tournament, and I'm selected the captain. Great honor. So now it's kind of on my watch, right? <laughs> we go out first game. First of all, we go out uh, like a couple nights before at, for team kind of a team dinner and have a couple drinks. And then we go to this place, and nobody speaks English. It's in Minsk, Belarus, right? I don't even should be, be telling this story. It's embarrassing, but... <laughs> So we go out and we find this one Asian guy who speaks English and he's like, Oh, come into this place. It's a really cool place. It's like a hookah bar and there's good Canadian music and American music. So we're like, well, we come in next thing, you know, the whole team, they got, we are the champions playing Queens on is playing over the speaker. And our whole team is singing. We are the champions. Like the whole team. <laughs> we haven't even played a game yet. Right. <laughs> We have like we have like McKinnon, Shifley, Monahan, like we got some good players, right? They're all young too, just at the start of their careers. So fast forward two days later, we're playing France, right? I don't think Canada's ever lost to France ever. They play an unbelievable game and we just cannot score. And their D are big and they just beat up on our forwards and we can't penetrate them somehow. We go to a shootout and they beat us in a shootout. So we lost first first time I think Canada's ever lost to France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sitting on the bench and I'm like, oh my, this is like worst case scenario, right? Like on my watch, we lose to 100%. France. <laughs> so then we go on, pick ourselves up, and then we rattle off like seven wins in a row, which was awesome. And then we get to the uh, quarters and we play Finland. And is Finland not the one team that you don't want to play in an international yeah. tournament? Especially like for me, it's it's the bronze medal game you don't want to play Finland in because 
they love that bronze medal, man. It's crazy. They play so hard. And even in elimination games, they, they're just a team that, yeah, they're hard to play against. They're talk about a team that plays together and, and not like a super entertaining style, just really tight checking. And they'll beat you like 2 1 or 3 2. And they got Pecorino who's in net. So obviously he controls the game too, right? Yeah, exactly. Our goalie lets in a shot from just uh, from just inside center ice. You can't win games when that happens. So we end up losing that game, and we probably should have given the Russians a goal in the finals. So that was that was an f- awesome tournament, though. Like I said earlier, anytime you can put the, the Canadian jersey or the U.S. jersey on, yeah, uh, you you feel a huge sense of pride. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's something that uh, if you get a chance to experience it, you'll never forget it. Um, still get goosebumps just thinking about it. Right, Cass. Uh, tell us about Christmas in Michigan yesterday. Yeah, well, it wasn't white Christmas, um, but it was probably, to be honest, like a full Christmas, the first time in 20 years that I've actually been able to have a full Christmas at home and, and enjoy it. And, and it was for sure my kids' first Christmas at home. So you can imagine Christmas Eve, my family always does a party. Um, then Christmas Day, you can imagine with my parents and everybody being their first time at home, the, the amount of presents that everybody wants to bring the kids because they don't have to either ship them or bring them in a suitcase to, to spend Christmas. So fast forward to, you know, afternoon, I decided to have all my relatives over. So Christmas day party, I didn't really want my kids to go anywhere. That was always like the thing I hated when I was growing up is, is, you know, getting all these toys and having to put on a nice sweater and, and go to, my grandpa's house. So family comes over. We're having, you know, snacks. So what are you whatever. wearing? What are you wearing at your house then? Uh, Tank top? Had, no, we all had matching, matching onesies. Pajamas. Oh. Yeah. So I think I, I put on jeans later in the, but that doesn't matter. I know where you're going. Yeah. I'm not wearing a thong. <laughs> I'm not wearing a tank top. Like, and like, but, keep in mind your house for all the people is like a, just a fun zone, right? Just yeah. Stuff. Right, like basketball. Yeah, so it's a good arcade. place to have a party, yeah. arcade, um, you know, stuff for everybody. No matter what you want to do, you're never going to be bored at my house. I'll tell you my my last week. I'll give you a little little preface to my last week. So, so Kess and I have this this mutual friend, and um, we're on a boat with him a couple years ago. And this is the first time I've ever you've met him before, Alan, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've met him. So we go, we go to Mexico, run a boat with him. Brian brings out the tequila, obviously, right? So we're obviously. we're having some, but but we're we're reasonably drinking. We're not, you know, we're having a good time. And for whatever reason, our wives are there. For whatever reason, I grab the pliers that are I think are needle nose pliers for for the fishing, right? Because we're fishing, we're trolling off the back. And I grab the needle nose pliers and I go for whatever reason while the music's going as a joke, I was going to grab his front tooth with the pliers and just kind of like lead him around by it. But apparently I grab shears and as soon as I go to like grab the tooth, it just slices his tooth right in half and knocks it right out. And this guy's like a professional businessman. Like he's got, he wears a suit every day. Like he's got clients. So right away my wife's like, Oh my God, what did you do? And I'm like, like I don't I don't know. So anyways, this is this is turned into be a really good friend, right? So fast forward a couple years later, funny funny story because we're actually on the exact same boat, but now it's here in California. So we're at the California 
the Orange County Bull Parade, which is the largest bull parade in the world for like lights and stuff. So we're cruising around on this thing. And at the end of the night, I, uh, two foot box jump out of the boat just to kind of, you know, show off, show off that you show off typical BX's style. (laughs) Skinny jeans and all two foot box jump out out of the boat. So now he's like, well, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, don't do this. Like, I do this for a living. I've been training my whole life. And he goes, no, no, I'm going to do it. So he kind of, he's like, I'm a basketball player, you know? So he starts warming up, does it, misses it, falls, sl- smashes his shin wide open, bleeding all over his sock. His wife's mad at me. Like this is, <laughs> well, the reason I'm telling you this is fast forward again now. We're using the word fast forward a lot. I like that. Fast forward. I just think of VHS when you say fast forward. So fast forward to a day later, so he gives me a ride home that night from the boat and I had a couple shopping bags that a friend brought back for me from Canada. So I didn't have to. And so these shopping bags go right into my guest room where kind of all my presents accumulate before we kind of pick them out and start wrapping them and sorting through them. So I think it was the 23rd, I go in and I grab this bag and it's actually a gift from my in-laws to my wife. So, I, so I how long was this bag in your house? Three, two or three days in my spare room three days in my in my guest room so anyways you know where the story's going so i grab the bag it's it's a it's a chanel bag whatever right it's from my (laughs) no big deal but so the the bag is black and it's got like a black bow on it right so i bring it into the garage and i'm like okay like i pull out there's two gifts and then i know i'm like do i have to wrap them are they already wrapped so i pull them out and then there looks like there's like like a scrunchie so i'm like oh there's like a loose scrunchie at the bottom right i have a daughter i've I know what a scrunchie is. So I go and I pick up the scrunchie and it falls out of my hand and it squirms away. And I'm like, what the heck? And it's a snake. So, and it's not like a little gardener snake. It's, it's a snake, a black snake. And I'm going to send on Twitter, I'll send you the video of the snake in the bag. And this is like a legit snake. Is it a rattler? What? Is it a rattlesnake? I don't know. I'm not a zoologist. (laughs) <laughs> it's a snake though it's a snake that you don't want in your yeah, christmas like bag in your house did so you i jump, call i like did you jump like a little girl and scream i did i did not jump <laughs> but i was not happy but you inside. screamed i didn't scream i i swore when we actually had my my daughter's best friend was over and they were exchanging christmas gifts and i'm like what the f and all of a sudden everybody jumped and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, but there's a snake in the bag. And then they all, and I bring the bag in and they all start screaming and running around the house. It was awesome. Uh, so, so now imagine? I'm like, so I would have screamed. I would have screamed high pitch. I would have. Yeah. I think I was in shock or I would have, I think I was just like, what is like, why is there a snake in my bag? Yeah. I, I, it gives me anxiety just thinking about it. So I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about this friend, Alan, who drove me home with the bag in his trunk. And I'm thinking like, who did this? Like, this has to be a practical joke, which is kind of a sick practical joke. Yeah. My wife's gift. So if I don't touch this thing, she's opening it on Christmas day with a snake in the bag. If the thing doesn't, (laughs) if my dog doesn't eat it before, or if it doesn't crawl out around my house. So I'm calling, I call Alan and he's like, what are you talking about? And then I call another friend who took the bag back from Canada and I'm trying to, gauge whether or not this is a practical joke i'm like why why would you do that like that's not funny and he's like what are you talking about and i go there's a snake and, and i show him the video i'm facetiming him and he goes oh that looks like my kid's snake i go what 
So he goes, so he goes out to his garage while I'm on FaceTime with him and he pulls open the snake, uh, I don't know, the snake cage and he lifts up the rock and there's no, and he goes, yeah, that's my kid's snake. And I go, well, how the heck did it get into my bag? And he goes, no idea. And he, it was actually locked. The snake cage was actually locked. He had to unlock it. Isn't that weird? Yeah. What if it was me for the payback of putting a live lobster underneath my pillow? I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I still think there's some shenanigans involved. I think every, I think you're in on it, probably all the way from Michigan. And I think those two other waited, waited ten years to get you back. But you guys don't understand if this if I don't bring this bag into the garage and try to wrap like Katie opens this on Christmas and that's a little dies. much for me. I wouldn't do that to you. How many people would not like that? Ninety percent of the I, world. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to be a snake guy or girl <laughs> or really enjoy reptiles. How many and snake girls do you know? <laughs> Is Andrea a snake girl? Uh, trouser snake girl. <laughs> Brent Burns. Did I say that? <laughs> I, I didn't hear what you said. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear it. All right. You know what? Let's uh, Enough of this. we got Patty Eves coming up next. He's, uh, like we always already said, he's the nicest guy in hockey. But on the ice, he played like a prick, which I love. Yeah. A lot of, right? Played like, the game the right way and played hard. And, and he's a really great guy, great human, and can't wait to talk to him. You're listening to the Cass and Juice Podcast. Okay, our next guest on episode four is, he's a former first-round draft pick to the Ottawa Senators in 2003. He's a 32 goal scorer in 2016-17. Most of them from the front of the net too. He's yeah. a two, 2004 former World Junior Championship gold medalist, but we've met a lot of those guys today. He's a four-time Smash Fest ping pong champion. He's the original big beard grower of the NHL because his wife said he had a weak jawline. And <laughs> I consider him the NHL's nicest human being, Patty Eves. Patty, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Pretty, pretty accurate with all that? Yeah, very accurate, especially a little too accurate with my wife's uh, view of my jawline. Actually. But, <laughs> but that's the backstory, right on target. When's the last time you saw that jawline? Ah, uh, shoot. So I was down in Dallas. That's where it all started. And um, Jordy Ben was there, and he had a great, like, red beard and and then I don't know if Katie kind of saw that and then saw my jawline and wanted me to do something like that. But uh, <laughs> last time I saw it was sometime in Dallas, which was maybe five years ago, I think it is. So, And that thing, is, have you cut trim that thing at all? You trim yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to trim it probably once a month. Like, it just doesn't stop growing. It would be down to my waist if I just let it go. So, it's... Um, <laughs> Which it's a good might. conversation starter. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let move it on to Kess and I have already talked about the World Juniors in 2004, and what I what I said to him, Patty, is I I didn't know much about it. I didn't even really care, but so I started researching it last night, and that was the the 2004 Canadian team was kind of the start of their the 2005 team, which most people in Canada considered the greatest World Juniors team ever, right? And they had a yeah. lot of those guys the year before when you guys beat them. So that was like, that was a big win, right? So maybe just talk about some of your, your memories. Like obviously the gold medal game when you guys were down 3-1 and 
your dad's the coach and kind of maybe, I don't know, what was said in the room before or, or kind of your recollection of that tournament? Yeah, I mean, if, if it, it all kind of started. I mean, the core of our, our team was uh, from guys from the U.S. program, and it was in Ann Arbor at that point. It's now moved to Plymouth. But that's where Kess and I met at the under-17 team. And, and so I would say the core group, we were together – we won the under 17s, then we won the under 18s. So we had this kind of, I don't know, special culture. Whenever we would all get together, things would kind of magically happen. But um, so getting running up to the to world juniors, you know, we had a lot of college guys. We had some OHL guys. And uh, Cass was out playing pro. I think Dan Fritchie, Cass, wasn't it you and Dan were the, the only two pros at the time? Is that yeah. The time, right? yeah, that's Cass. that's correct. Yeah, and so we, I, I just remember we all met out in, um, in New York City. It was at, at 9-11. We all went to Ground Zero together, and that was just kind of um, a special moment. It was very eye-opening. and um, Galvanizing, gave, right? Yeah, I mean, it, we were, it, we were, everyone was quiet. You know, you're walking around there, and you're seeing what happened. And um, that kind of just – set the tone I guess for the trip and that was kind of our um our battle cry if you will was let's roll and that was set on one of the planes where the the passengers took down um you know the terrorist attack and they crashed the plane but I guess that was the last thing that was said by them was let's roll so that was kind of our battle cry and then we we were there together in that somber real moment and then uh we jumped on a plane to head to Finland so we ended up uh up in Vero Mackey I don't remember or yeah, we flew into Helsinki and I think we drove up to Viromaki, which is Finland's um, national training center. It's, it's a pretty cool spot they have up there. Um, and so I was just talking to my dad this morning. We got up there. Obviously, we were jet lagged or whatever. There was other teams up there at that time. And he said he brought back a memory. He said we played opposite hand two puck as our first drill. And here, <laughs> I remember and, uh, this. All the other teams were like, geez, these guys are terrible. Like, we came in with, like, first rounders. <laughs> all <up. laughs> so he's like, switch sticks, boys, we're playing two five. So they must have just been shaking their heads like, oh, we're going to roll over the Americans. And that was kind of – But you, you guys know, were we, we you had, guys were the pre-tournament favorites, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw our roster. Just basically we had won the under-17, under-18 as a group. We had a ton of first-round picks. We were mm-hmm. – uh, we had a little bit of everything. We were big. We were like scrappy in the in ways of winning, and we had high end goal scorers, so we kind of had a little bit of everything, and then um, a good goaltending too. So yeah, we were. I think we were favorites. The Canadian team were all a bunch of studs, but I think they were like a year younger than us. I think yeah. most of them were, and and mm-hmm. um, and then I I think Crosby was on the team, but his role wasn't as big as obviously it grew into and. But and they he had was a lot. Sixteen-year-old, I think he was his first yeah, year. Sixteen. Yeah, he? yeah, fourth line, wasn't he, Cass? So yeah, he was fourth line. I think they had like four guys on that line that yeah. would like rotate. Yeah. Okay, that sounds familiar. So yeah, so it was. Um, we went up to Viromaki and had some fun and got adjusted, and then I was I was talking to my dad. I was like, "What? Well, well, like, I don't know if the format's still the same, but remember, Cass? He gave us like it was like climbing a mountain, mm-hmm. right?" Every yep. game was we were climbing up that mountain, and every each time you got higher, the you know the oxygen got lower, and it was just more pressure, more pressure. And then we we had to win like our round robin in order to like not have to play an extra game. I think it was, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if that format still is the same. I remember him talking about like the Hillary step or something. Yeah. We got to go over and, and uh, like miss out on one of the games into the medal rounds. So, but we had, we had some good games up there. Russia was in our bracket, I think. Mm-hmm. We had some good, yeah. good competition, but we just kept getting better and better as the tournament went on. And then finally we went down to Helsinki for the medal round there. We got to miss that one game. I guess it would have been the quarterfinals. And then we played Finland on their home turf in the semis to get to crazy. That was like the hardest game. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you remember that. But but along the way, Cass, didn't you get sticked in the eye at some point? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I remember that was 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 scary. I had to pay with a full shield. How did the. How did the stick miss his nose on the way of his eye? That's what I want to know. <laughs> How is that possible? Know. It must have been a really skinny blade. Yeah, yeah poor guy. Like a fencing, like a fencing sword. Yeah. Oh man, that was. I remember that, that was scary because everyone. It was. I was. That was. Yeah, they put the full shield on you for the rest yeah. of the way. But after that, yeah, we drive to. I had to drive to Helsinki to a. Uh, a hospital there because they didn't want to doc Stewart didn't want to uh, have my eye work done and wherever we were. And then yeah, uh, we the doctor uh, did a bunch of eye tests and said, said I was good to go. And then the next thing I remember is you coming into my room and, and talking with me and asking me if I was okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was, I, that was so, I still remember that. Like that was scary, man. Yeah. And, that was, and you were such a huge part. You're a pivot for our team and, a friend and yeah, I don't want you to have to go out like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but so that's yeah, the semis. That was, huh? That was in the semifinals. No, no that was in round Robin during the round Robin, right? Yeah, oh. Against Czech or Slovak, one of those teams. No. So yes. then you guys play Finland on home soil and oh, you, what's that? Is that the semis or the quarters? That that's was the, the semis. semis. Wow. And they, um, the Finns are as stingy as they get there. Yeah. Like we up. talked about that already and, and how how good the the Finns are playing in those medal round games, especially like the bronze medal, because we put them the year before in the bronze medal game. And oh, they yeah. just destroyed us. Yep. With like Rude 2 and Koi Rude 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 back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they... they're always a tough team and, and when you play them on their home soil, I mean they uh yeah, we, we squeaked that one out. Yeah, they dug in. Yeah, because we got up. I think, I think Danny Fritch, Fritchy scored the first goal, mm-hmm. and then was it? I think Zach had the second one on like a two on one. Is that sound? Is Zach Parisi? Yeah, I, I want to say like that. A give and go or something. Mm-hmm. And then who scored the third one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I just remember that clock. Oh, that was. Then they got one late, and then it pulled their goalie. It was just, yeah, it was chaos at the end. I remember sitting in the locker room after that game and being like, oh, somebody gets some games where you sit down after a game and you're just like, you don't even want to yeah. eat. You just want to like lay there and not move. <laughs> and those were, that's one of the games. Yeah. And the whole team felt the same way. It mm-hmm. was like, we, we all just sat in our gear. I don't even think anyone took anything off. No. So when you guys are, when you guys are down three, one in between the second and third, there's only like a few intermission speeches that I remember in my career. Like, was there anything your dad said that intermission specifically? Oh. Or was it just like stay the course kind of thing? 
Yeah, so I, I talked – so that now moving on to the Canada game. Yeah, they were up 3-1. And uh, I just remember – yeah, it, it, they, were, they were good. They were really good. But Al Montoya, like, stood on his head for us. He kept us in yeah. and made some unbelievable saves. So, he, like, he kept us close. And I, I was just talking to my dad. I was like, what did you say to us? Like, you know, we, we were down – to one of the most loaded teams we've ever played against. They were, they were, I would say, controlling a lot of the play. They were good. And my dad just said, uh, we haven't played our best yet, and we're only down 3-1, so let's go play our best. It was something along those lines. Yeah, okay. It's, it's like we're here, we're not playing our best, but it's, it's something like we still have more. And so we just kind of came out and um, – Patrick O'Sullivan got us on the board to make it 3-2. And then Kess tied it up. Uh, I think it was – was it Danny Richmond, like, dangled the guy at the blue line and then shot on net and you got the rebound, Kess? Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe Parisi, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because they switched those... lines for the third period. And yeah, that's what Parisi it was. For the third. The deck. Yeah. Yeah, and Zach was just on fire that tournament. So he and then I uh, just slapped the puck and it went over the head. Nothing, yeah. nothing fancy. It's <laughs> that typical that Kessler goal. goal right there. Yeah, that was our team. Like we just figured it out. We'd, we'd slap it around and go in every now and then. <laughs> and, then yeah. um, and then that was the big uh, uh, flurry. O'Sullivan he shot it off his pants, right? Yeah, into his own net. Yeah, bounced in. But there was still like a lot of time left after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't like. But it was you could kind of feel Canada kind of. They were deflated after that goal. Yeah, yeah. That well, was I just kind of their. Uh, yeah, that as was, you would be, as you would be when you're yeah. in the gold medal game and your goalie shoots it off their guy in the net, right? Like, oh. so then were you okay. guys just kind of holding on the rest of the game, or did you just shell up? Yeah, I mean, I, there was probably like ten minutes left, Juice. Like we just oh, really? tried to weather the storm. It's not like it was. My, it felt like it was eight weeks. Like it was that yeah. long. I was like, Holy <laughs> like, let's keep this thing running. And then, um, yeah, we just kind of shelled it up and got the win. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Yeah, like, but it was huge for USA one. hockey, though, on like mm-hmm. an international level. Like we'd never, we've never won the World Juniors, and it was. And, and then since then, obviously, the teams have just been coming and coming, but it kind of broke the ice for the program. Um, so it was it was pretty cool. It was, I don't know about you, Cass. It was one of the most special uh, hockey moments in my life and, and over everything. But it was um, – yeah, it was just cool. We we Like the core of our team was together for three huge wins. and Yeah, we had a uh, special group. Yeah. Really special group. Good memories. Yeah, and we see, and even now you see guys, and you just kind of give them a smile, and it's like, "Hey, man, yeah. that was awesome." I, I was that- in, I was in my senior year at Bowling Green that year, right? So, okay. and back then, uh, the Canadian team didn't like it was frowned upon if you went and played U.S. college hockey as a Canadian, especially yes. for the Canadian program. Because you remember Mike Comrie went to the the camp like three years in a row when he was playing at Michigan, and he okay. was. A stud, like the best guy at camp, and he got cut yeah. three years in a row because there was a little bit of the politics around being, you know, we're not going to support guys that go play U.S. college hockey, right? We're going to mm-hmm. keep our own. 
Yeah. So when I'm watching that, when you guys won, I felt a little bit like I was kind of on your cheering for you guys, right? Because I was a Canadian playing U.S. college hockey, and that was kind of, like you said, a big turning point for U.S. college hockey to say we're equal to Canadian hockey, right? We're Canadian mm-hmm. major junior. We're, we're actually a little bit better right now. Because yeah. we felt it playing over there. Like, you played at Boston College. I was at Bowling Green, Cass at Ohio State. We always felt like we were – because we're a little bit older. We trained hard. We, I always thought we were a little bit better. But the Canadian mm-hmm. junior hockey, they always thought that they were the, at the top. So it was nice. that would, Your win there kind of brought, the, brought us on, onto the map, I think, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, you lived that, right? You were the one that left and went and played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're kind of outcast. I, what cast wasn't? Well, I wouldn't really call it an outcast, but well, not <laughs> just some loser that just got kicked out of the country. Yeah, more of a choice, but <laughs> was was Jeff Tambellini on the Canadian team? He was. He was. He was, he was a fourth line with uh, Crosby. Okay. Yeah, because he was. He was at Michigan. Yeah, he was at Michigan. He was one. Of, I think he was the only college guy on. On Canada's well, roster. Sorry, Leary, I think a year, a couple years before that, he was kind of the first guy in a while that actually made it as because he was at Michigan as well. And he, but he, yeah. I think he came up playing for the Canadian program, right? Probably the under 16, under 17. So I feel like that's why he kind of was allowed in the door. Now they, they take college players. But back then, when I was oh. 2000, 2001, you didn't see any, like Comrie should have been on the team three years in a row. The guy was yeah. amazing mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. yeah, he was a stud. Holy. But you guys, but when you guys win and put college hockey on the map again and give it the validation it needs, that's that's where things change. I think for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like you're talking about it now. It now it makes sense. You know, you don't really know at the time what that win would actually mean. We just thought it was great for our group, and but like you said, it has a ripple effect. And and um, yeah, it's 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 been great for USA Hockey on the, on that stage where. I mean, they've – I don't know how many times they've won since, but it's, it's you know, a lot more than they did before us. So it's You know what they fun. call it? You know what they call it? They call it a miracle. Huh. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it was something, that's for sure. It was uh, something. So. Well, let's move on to um, – so I don't know how much you played the, when. so you go from, like, the top, right, and then in 2007 – Kess and I obviously lost in game seven of the Stanley cup final. You lost also in the Stanley cup final. Were you, but I think yeah, you were hurt. Yeah. I played in the finals. I was, I, you know, I was, I got hurt like the second round, I think. I got a concussion or something. I think. Yeah. I got smoked. Uh, it was against Pittsburgh. I'm trying to forget. So we went New Jersey or Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Buffalo is our, our way to Anaheim. Yeah, in the finals, and I came back in the Buffalo series. So yeah, I got I got smoked. So so Anaheim yeah, was amazing. We lost Anaheim in the second round that year, and they were that they were the best team start to finish that year. Remember? Yeah, they had everything. Like mm-hmm. you play any way you wanted to play it, they had it. Mm-hmm. I just remember playing them. They had, they played that one three one in the neutral zone, and they. It was, like, so stingy to get through. But they always had, like, Niedermeyer or Pronger breaking the puck out. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. it. And you're like, what are you supposed to do against that? It was unbelievable. <laughs> you couldn't get – yeah, you couldn't get a forecheck on them. And they were – 
that was back when they were kind of one of the last teams that was just big and tough. And like they had, they had like four legit heavyweights. They had Peros, <laughs> Sean Thornton, Brad May. They Maybe. had Moan. They had Pronger. They had Sean O'Donnell. Like the list goes. They had Getsy Perry who liked to mix it up. Yeah. The list, the list goes on. Oh, yeah. It was, they just yeah, beat the wheels off you. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was. They had that check. Sammy Paulson was like one of the worst guys to play against, too. Yeah. Like, he was just big and heavy and played it right. And they had Rob Niedemeyer, too. I mean, they had, yeah. They were, that was start to, like, we, we, uh, looking back on it, they, they were good. Like, they, I think they beat us 4 1. Chris Kunitz was on that team. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right. McDonald and Solani was the, the so-called one line. And then Getsy, <laughs> Perry, Penner was, was number two. And then you had the third checking line, which was probably the best line in the whole playoffs. Yeah. And then yeah. I think McDonald – was it McDonald was the fourth – or uh, – well, The fourth line was – the fourth line was Marchant. And, uh, yeah. and then just two guys that would beat the wheels off you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, Marshawn up the middle there on that fourth line because that was the line I played against. They were, well, we got nothing against them. They were just, you get Thornton and May running around, and it was yeah. just holy. So yeah, they were start to finish. But yeah, that was that was uh, I guess the closest I got. And then did you guys? You were eleven that you got to the finals. Yeah. 2011? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so that was seven. Eleven. Yeah. So that's. Well, that's a long road to that. It's crazy. It's a, it might as well be a whole nother season. You win some, you lose some, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I you leave know. that series, and not to give too many people the details, but that's kind of the start of, like, your family right there, right? Yeah, uh, so. You don't have would, to get into the details if you don't want. It's up to you. No, no. Yeah, so I got um, – so the next year I got traded to Carolina. I was there for a year and a half, and then that's when my wife and I got married. It would have been like a year and a half after that. So I basically started my family when we were in Detroit. That's where all, all of us or it started to grow. We had our, our two girls and our little boy all in uh, Detroit. And then so now that, you got now you got Ziggy, which is the coolest story of everybody of everything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess uh, yeah. So the, I don't know if you guys spoke about with this. So the backstory is we adopted my son Ziggy from China, and he is 21 months old right now. And um, so yeah, my wife and I, my wife growing up, her best friend was adopted, and then my mom's best friend growing up adopted three girls as well. So it was kind of always around in both of our lives, just in a different way. And so, um, but it was funny, like we wanted to do it earlier, but I was only on one year contracts for, for like yeah. three years, four years. And uh, you have to have like at least a two or a three year deal in order to do it. For so trying like, to let you adopt a kid, you have to have a yeah. two or three year NHL deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, like, makes sense. Yeah, tenth or eleventh year in the league, but they said because I had a one-year contract that they wouldn't allow it to happen. So I was like, "Well, oh. they don't want they don't want to give kids the suitcases. Like they yeah. want <laughs> they want to make sure you're set up." I get Maybe it. Maybe that was it. I was like, "Oh man, what do I got to do here?" <laughs> so, uh, so finally, we I, it was awesome. We got a three-year deal out in Anaheim, and I think we filed the paperwork for adoption was the next day, 
and it was it was on from that and it was like a, a 21 month pregnancy there was just tons of ups and downs um Crazy. so you went to you said he's from when you're telling me the story he's from like the village is considered what like the nicest village in china but it's super remote like in the middle yeah of yeah he's out in the mountains like the southern so i guess it would be like if you're looking at the u.s kind of like the china map it's it would be like new mexico it's like okay west and south and uh it's the yunnan province but yeah it's just beautiful out there but there's it's very remote still so my wife ended up going over there to get ziggy and i think it was a 10-hour car ride was to the closest town through the mountains for him so yeah i mean he was out there and um so uh yeah katie got him and and um brought him home she went with her sister so she had a little help and uh, yeah, he's just been unbelievable blessing in our family. And, um, so it's, it's been interesting. We basically, we got him and he, we didn't know his medical background because he's coming from an orphanage. And so we, we've been piecing that together, but we knew he was born, he was born without his left eye. And we didn't know if that was the tip of the iceberg or if there's going to be health stuff, um, beyond that, but it seems that's his only issue, um, health wise. So we, um, yeah, you're, it's always, been you're always walking him up Spyglass Hill in the stroller, right? Yeah, he sleeps better when he's moving. So I finally got him transferred over to the uh, crib because I was struggling on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I guess I'm driving up Spyglass and probably like three times in like like the three week span, I would drive right by Patty and he's pushing <laughs> the buggy with Ziggy in it sleeping and he is just huffing and puffing. He's got you know, the drip. This, the sweat line that goes like on your collar <laughs> and he's just like i'm like hey patty how's it going oh he's good you know and so, so how was first was this his first christmas patty yeah so this is his first christmas it was uh when we put the tree up with the lights we got a good picture of him just standing there like looking at the top and you get to hear him going whoa <laughs> so, <laughs> the that it was more of a christmas in that sense like he the lights were it was all new to him he didn't understand the presence really yet he, he was just tearing through stuff and then you know did, he get, did you get him like that one big present when they're kids like a big stuffed animal or like a i don't know like a trice did he have something like that yeah yeah so we basically got him like two things big things we got him you know those uh they're like power wheels car i wouldn't call them power they're like the cars the kids sit in and can drive yeah 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 so we got cool. him yeah actually i think we got him your car that uh the mercedes suv on Oh yeah, he's oh, huge cool. into cars, but I don't trust him as a driver because he's so young. So we got one. This is he's hilarious. Two. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, it, it has a controller, so I can control where he goes, and he he oh, thinks he's cool. driving. So oh, you think really they have cool. those in China from in the town where he's from? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't. I yeah, no, definitely not those. But <laughs> that was his. It was his big gift this year. He's he's big into cars. So that's his kind of his that's, thing. So that's awesome, buddy. Uh, yeah, so cool. go, let's go quickly to uh smash fest quickly because oh, yeah. you're just, you're a, what a four time repeat champion. Like it's, I, th- I think it was, I'm five now. I won the, uh, no big deal. Summer. No big yeah. deal. But the thing is, so you won the first couple legit, right? Like no performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Now, now you're actually training with an Olympian here in California who you say you can't even get a point off of. He's that good. Yeah. Yeah. We, I kinda, well, that's not yeah. fair. So you're getting yeah. even better. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it's, I, I don't know. Ping pong is like a passion me, but he, it's funny. I, I started playing with him and I was like, he changed my whole, everything, like my swing. And so I basically started over because I was apparently doing it wrong for like 30 years. So that was kind of different. You're doing it wrong. Everybody's doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I that's remember our... playing you in playoffs. You would dominate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you well, were so it... nice about it, though. You're like, oh, yeah. oh sorry. Oh, oh, that was a close <laughs> game, man. Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> 15 to 1. You're like, oh, good game. Real good game. Like, shot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. So it's funny because uh, Daniel Alfredson and I, when we were in Ottawa together, we, we would almost be late for warm-ups because at home games because we'd be playing ping pong till like three minutes before and we'd have to run down the hallway and get dressed in like two minutes and then and but we were we were warm but yeah so that Dan, Alfie was probably the best player I've ever played in the NHL he would he would beat me he's like the one guy that would he was good didn't have that problem in Anaheim because they don't have a ping pong table either. I know I'm working on it I'm working shocker on it. shocker <laughs> <laughs> want me to donate one <laughs> yeah, we got to get one in there you know what it's so great like last year I, I spent some time down in san diego with the gulls and i mean some of the funnest times down there was just hanging out in the locker room before practice and guys would be playing and you know everyone's just that's being cool. stupid and yeah it's special and there's no cell phones that's a big thing now too like mm -hmm. it, it's just fun with the boys together i think it, it brings people and you, you don't have to be good either no, you can play that game. Shit, I'm not that good. And and we played that game called, what is it called? King in playoffs? Yeah. Uh, and I would hang in. All you got to do is get it over. You just bump it over. <laughs> sewer, sewer the guy behind you. Is that when you run around the table? Everyone runs around the table and you got to oh, no. hit the ball when it's your turn? No, and then everybody, you there's one king on one side of the table and then all the rest of the people are in a single file. You hit the ball over and then the king hits it back to the next guy and you run to the back of the line. Yeah, and then you get like three strikes, right? Yeah, and then you yeah. you have to lift your shirt up and get welted. <laughs> Did you ever do that? <laughs> no, never. We would do that. Yeah, we'd play that with King, and then like Ju said, it was one where you like bumped it and you ran around to the other side of the table. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. one too. Yeah, we we did that one in Dallas a lot. As like, you know, there's always time after you skate before you go to the airport. Mm -hmm. and yeah. that kind of dead time there so we get i mean we'd have like 15 guys just dying laughing lindy That's would come amazing. in and be like it's time for the play let's go <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll <be> there. <laughs> patty give us uh our producer uh owns a newfoundlander and he's he's owned a couple and yeah. let's, let's talk about ruben because ruben's oh. awesome ruben's your newfoundlander how old is ruben ruben is 11 so 11 wow yeah, we were told if we got him to eight, that was like a good haul home run. So actually, it was uh, it was Christmas in Carolina. Katie got me Reuben as my gift eleven years ago yesterday. So that's awesome. Um, he was he was the size of a teddy bear when we got him. He was just a little guy. Couldn't even he couldn't even big enough to go up steps or down steps. And now I think he topped out at like one fifty five which is yeah. too big for Newfoundlands, but his mom was like 190 pounds. And so they can get pretty big, wow. but um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know what, to be honest with you, the last couple of years, we thought he's died like four times. We've just mourned his death. And really? He just, yeah. He just some health issues, his stomach flipped. We got actually him and I got in a car accident on the way back from the vet once. And 
Um, right. but, but isn't the uh, vet, the vets across the street from your house? No, this is in the summer in Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take, I go to the vet right across the street from your house. I'm like, if you're getting in an accident there, then oh. you should might as well let Ziggy drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he had the controller. remote <laughs> But yeah, so, but yeah, Ruben's still with us and, uh, yeah, he's been with me through a lot of health issues and, right by my side the whole time and uh yeah he's really my best friend in the whole world so it's actually funny you i showed you guys the picture yesterday katie katie got me an oil painting of ruben and i <laughs> in like i don't even know medieval times just yeah. put our, <laughs> our faces that's on amazing it. we'll post it on the uh Kess and juice uh, instagram oh <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> i was laughing so hard when I you're hanging it. that thing though i hope yeah it's on the mantle right now <laughs> right up there so um but yeah so yeah rube's my best buddy in the whole world we've been through a lot of uh a lot of stuff together he's raised all the kids they all learn to walk on him just because he's so big and sturdy he can you know he'll, he'll stand up while the kids are holding on to him and then they'll walk next to him so i think That's he's awesome. got some new life in him now that ziggy's home he's like oh i got another one to raise i got another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah is it producer colin showed me the pic of his uh surfing uh his newfie surfing the other day well, he's so. he won the championship here in huntington beach several oh, years ago a- yeah that is so cool yeah, yeah he's got a it's he's got impressive. a book out and we'll we'll send the link to the book but it's an award-winning uh bestseller it's about about his newfoundlander it's pretty no cool story. okay i'm getting it yeah so we're We'll set it, uh, send it on the link. But Patty, awesome catching up with you, buddy. You live, you live like a mile away from me, so I'm sure we'll see each other again soon. Yes. And good for you and Kess to re- relive your 2004 championship. Yeah, right. The miracle too. Yeah, thanks. thanks for sitting. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, thanks guys for having me. Yeah, this has been thanks great. for coming on, Patty. We appreciate it. Good yeah. seeing you, buddy. Ha- have a good new year. All right. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. See you, bud. All right, that's episode four. You know what, Kess? Why don't you wrap us up? It can't be that hard. Shit, you do it every week. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, thanks go ahead, uh, bud. for listening. Uh, Happy New Year. And uh, always remind to subscribe to your favorite podcast found on kessandjuice.com. And remind, uh, remind you to uh, go to Twitter. My name is uh, Ryan underscore Kessler. Um, I, my New Year's resolution is going to be to start tweeting again. And maybe I'm getting an Instagram. Go to KBXA for his Instagram, right, Juice? KBXA3. Uh, Kess and Juice is another. We just started that Twitter. I think we got an Instagram, too. That's pretty lame right now. We're going to... Uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll up our game on that. So uh, tune in next week for our show. And uh, we'll see you then. You're a natural. Happy New Year, everyone.